When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. Apple has been under a lot of legal and public pressure over how they handle the App Store. And I have talked about it over time, about how I feel that Apple engages in illegal price-fixing activity And that led to one of the largest responses in terms of number of people responding who vehemently disagreed with me on Clark Stinks, I think we've, I can remember us having. And people said, what about free market Clark? Why can't they uh, charge people as much as they want? They want to rip them off, they can rip them off. So Apple is facing uh, big time legal pressure here and overseas, about the practices involved with Apple setting up the toll bridge or toll gate and charging developers 30% of their revenue from their apps. And the app developers have no negotiating power. There's nothing they can do about it. Well, Apple is in this strong market position but is in a terribly weak legal position. So Apple has made a change in its pricing and has cut the fee in half for almost all app developers. Uh, Somewhere based on estimates I've seen, somewhere between 96 and 98% of companies that have apps for iPhones will now pay half of the toll that they've been paying. So they'll pay a 15% fee or commission or whatever you want to call it on all revenue they get from customers that download their app and put it on an iPhone instead of the existing 30%. Now, here's the fascinating thing, though. Listen to this stat according to a technology research firm. 98% of apps represent 5% of revenue for Apple for their app store. So overwhelmingly, the apps that are out there are low-volume apps that are either free or charge very little. And so Apple is doing something that makes life much, much better for the almost all developers, but doesn't change effectively most of what you would pay as a consumer who carries an iPhone. So you've got ultra-high volume apps that account for roughly 95% of Apple's revenue And the pricing will stay the same for now 
for most of what you end up paying extra for. What people refer to is the app tax that Apple charges, and it will continue for this moment. Now, there's something else that Apple's been back and forth about, and to me, it is a marketplace solution. And it's that people who have iPhones tend to be less price sensitive than people who have Androids. And so if you just want convenience and you download the app and uh, sign up to pay for whatever you have to pay for through Apple, through your iPhone, then let Apple charge you the 30%. But you should have the ability, and this is where Apple's been back and forth, to download the app directly at a place like Spotify or whatever the app is and download third party onto your iPhone and then not have to pay the markup because you're paying the third party rather than paying through the iPhone. But ultimately, it's going to be the courts that decide this, both here and overseas, because the allegations that this is anti-competitive, antitrust type of action, and it's going to be quite a few years before ultimately that's resolved. But for you, if you are a um, small developer, the news for you from Apple is really good. It's time for your questions you've posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel take turns. And Kim, who's up? All right, Tom in Washington State would like to stay in the Apple Universe topic right now. And he says, so the new iPhones are out and I'm in a loan program and I want to upgrade. The program I'm in says that you can get a new iPhone and the remainder of the loan is wiped out if you use this program again. I owe about $645 on my last phone and I want to get a new phone, the Max Pro, but with each new phone loan, a new credit inquiry happens and it stays for two years. I have a score that's over 830 and I'm wondering if you think it's worth the credit hit to stay in this program. Yes, the credit hit is tiny and so I would not keep you with a score of 830, which makes you what they call golden in credit scoring, credit reporting. I wouldn't let that stop you at all from getting the iPhone Pro Max. Um, My son has that phone, and uh, he loves some things about it. He was not as impressed by others with it. And one thing you could consider is wait till other people you know have had one for a while and get their impressions if it's worth the money to get the Pro Max. But as far as the effect on your credit, it is a tiny hit, and the hit fades fairly quickly, and you will keep a fantastic golden credit score. Joel? Clark Peter in Massachusetts says, because of data breaches compromising millions of people, I have avoided financial transactions online. Although I feel like I'm constantly being pushed to do them. I prefer to use telephone or regular mail instead. Am I being too cautious? So, no, no. I mean, there's a lot more credit card fraud now, payment fraud online than in person. The payment system is much more secure now in person 
than it is online. However, there is a way for you to shop online and do it with real peace of mind. More and more credit card issuers offer you for online shopping one-time use numbers. So even if there is a data breach uh, at your computer, at the uh, data center of whatever online retailer you're shopping at, or between you and them, it's no harm because the criminal obtains a number that is instantly worthless after that one transaction. So look at the cards you have at their website. See if you have access to a, a disposable, they'll call them a disposable card number or something like that, and then you can use that particular card with complete confidence and not worry about shopping online. A uh, big note I want to make with us in the middle of holiday shopping, remember, only shop online with an actual real credit card. Debit cards are a piece of trash for shopping online. You don't have any consumer protections like you have with a credit card in the event that you get defrauded, merchandise never comes or anything like that. With a credit card, you have rights. With a debit card, you are flat out of luck. Kim? Robert in Wisconsin says, our almost 24-year-old son will be going to grad school next year, and we want to contribute $500 a month to this fine endeavor. We live in Wisconsin, which is one of your 529 honor roll states, and we want to know if we can contribute this money each year to a 529 for him, even though he'll be 24 when he starts school. Yes, there's no age limitation. And so if you want to contribute to the 529, have whatever earnings grow and be spent tax-free, that's fine. So that is a very legitimate way for you to stash cash for his benefit. You want to own the 529 account and have him as the beneficiary so that you don't cause any harm to him for whatever financial aid he would qualify for for grad school. Joel? Clark Christina in California says, I'll be turning 50 next year, and I plan to take a trip to Japan to celebrate this milestone birthday. I'd like to obtain a credit card with travel rewards that could help me pay for my plane ticket. Whatever I charge on the card would be paid off every single month. So do you have any recommendations for the best card in order to support these travel plans? Uh, wonderful. So if you're not loyal to any one airline, the most popular card is the Chase Sapphire Preferred. It has a $95 annual fee, but it is considered to be uh, one of the very best of the, um, of the third-party airline cards instead of a captive that's for one particular airline. But I did talk about this recently on the show. There's a mileage war, a sign-up bonus mileage war going on with several of these cards, an American Express one that's a gold card, the uh, Capital One that is called the Venture card, and then the Chase. Whichever one is offering the best bonus at the time is the one you should get and use it for this trip and other expenses involved with it. Kim? 
Kella in Georgia says, what's the best place to go to buy a decent used car with low mileage? Also, what's the highest down payment that one should put in when buying a car? Uh, paying the full vehicle price in cash would be the highest. I mean, you know, you want to have as uh, little of a loan outstanding as you can, as long as it doesn't put you in a position where you don't have any funds for unexpected emergencies. But there's no great virtue in having money sitting in a savings account earning almost nothing and paying even at today's lower loan rates for vehicle loans, having more money on that loan. I'd rather you have a shorter term loan at a lower balance than a larger balance with a longer term loan. As far as where you buy, gosh, I mean, that's an endless variety of places. I'll tell you the hottest in the marketplace is Carvana, C-A-R-V-A-N-A, for low mileage used vehicles. You buy one right on your smartphone or on your laptop with a seven-day right to return for a full refund, no questions asked. Uh, CarMax is a huge seller of used vehicles. I think they're still larger than Carvana at this point. And with uh, traditional dealers, the problem is they don't typically have the right for you if you don't like a used vehicle to return it for a full unconditional refund. And that's why I specifically like Carvana and CarMax as a place to look for vehicles. Joel? Clark Kendra in Wisconsin says, is it better to max out our contributions to our HSA through our employer each year or use the money in a mutual fund that we have control over? I know the triple tax advantage of the HSA, but I question the limitation of the fund to only medical expenses in retirement. Wouldn't that money be better off in a Roth or some other investment that we could use for anything we wanted? A Roth is great, um, but the advantage of the HSA is you will later in life have a lot of medical expenses. And the tax treatment of HSAs is even superior to what a Roth offers, if you're HSA eligible. Susie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Susie. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How about you, Clark? Great. Thank you. Great. You're a real um, estate investor. Is that right? Well, what has happened is my partner and I, we both have our own homes, and uh, we've been getting his house ready to sell, and we just sold it, and we just closed this morning on it. So I guess essentially he was a real estate investor, and now we've got a chunk of money, and I was wondering if you could try to help me figure out a good place to put it. So the question is, what's he planning to do with this money over the intermediate term and long term? He has his own small business, and there is a piece of large equipment that he needs to purchase, and he's he might want to use a portion of it to do that, but he wants to save the majority of it. We'd like to put it in a savings account that will earn some interest, okay. mostly, is the idea, but then we would like to be able to withdraw part of it if we need to for that large purchase he plans to make. Okay, so so this is a more difficult situation than it was a year ago. A year ago, you could earn right around or just under 2% on money that you'd pop in an online bank and a savings account. Today, you're only going to get uh, somewhere around one half of a percent to 0.7 of a percent. It's, It's better than nothing, 
but it's not going to really even keep up with inflation. That's why I was asking, because if the money is just to be parked to have for emergencies, unexpected situations, and then for an expected one, the purchase of this equipment, then you just deal with the fact that the savings rates are pitiful. Mm-hmm. And you take your 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7% and earn that. And mm-hmm. so that's probably the smartest thing to do. And there's a list you can see of the best rates at the moment for online savings accounts at bankrate.com. Now, if you uh, are willing to tie the money up in um, a money market account, which would also be FDIC insured, but may have more restrictions on how often you can access it and things like that, you can earn that from some uh, more traditional sources, credit unions, that kind of thing. And then the other alternative is if it's money you would be willing to leave aside for a while, you could potentially look at CDs, which right now are earning around 1% from any of a number of online banks and traditional credit unions. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our websites are clark.com and clarkdeals.com. And I wanted to tell you that we're a week from Thanksgiving, but big-time sales are this weekend. The historical pattern of the big deals being Thanksgiving Day online, Thanksgiving evening in stores, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in stores and online having big deals. The following Monday being Cyber Monday with big deals, all that. The patterns are all disrupted because of coronavirus. And so I want to give you a guide in how to do the shopping this year. Know that this weekend... There are going to be really good deals, especially on Sunday. So if you're looking for deals, you're going to find them this weekend. Um, Amazon has been using a very different pattern of sales this year than historically true in November. They've been offering... um, I guess you call them electronic doorbusters. You know, doorbusters used to be the deals that people like producer Joel would wait all night to be able to buy when they had six of something and you'd have to be there all night in order to be rewarded with that deal. Now, the way Amazon's doing it is they're having deep inventory of a very small number of extreme deals that are popping up each day. Heavy emphasis on electronics with Amazon and their own brand of electronics. And day by day, screaming deals, the lowest prices Amazon offers all year, generally cheaper than they offered on Prime Days last month. In addition, there are deals that are being cycled through by traditional major sellers, the big national chains like Target and Walmart and Best Buy, where what they're doing is they're taking a category like TVs, where they'd have all those incredible deals 
that would become available at 6 p.m. Thanksgiving night. What they're doing this year is they're coming out in dribs and drabs. And they come out where they're either online or in person. And they'll have a set time that the deals are available. If you're interested in TVs or computers, at Clark Deals, we have a rundown for you showing the deals as they're appearing each day. So you can see what's going to be available Sunday, what's going to be available Tuesday, what's going to be available Wednesday or Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, So you know, you can look and see, well, hey, I want that deal that Best Buy's got on that 70-inch TV, or I want that deal that Target's got on the 50-inch TV, or whatever it is. And so you plan accordingly, and so... I've put together with the Clark Deals team a matrix where you can see by category or you can see by day over this sales period what's available. And for the first time in many, many months, there are great deals available on laptops, both Windows laptops and on Chromebooks, because they've been in extreme short supply because of the pandemic with people doing online learning and people working from home. Well, the major retailers last year put in their massive orders for the Black Friday sales of computers. And those inventory items have now arrived. And I know there'll be some that don't arrive in time, but generally they've arrived. And you're going to find the best deals we've had since February on laptops then you layer on top of it the new macbooks that are not at any special deal because apple you always pay more for but the new macbooks with the apple proprietary chip in them are getting fantastic reviews on performance and battery life after apple's had a really tough run with reliability and price value on their laptops for their MacBooks for the last several years, they seem to have hit it out of the park with the new MacBooks. But I want to go back to what we've done for you with Black Friday at ClarkDeals.com. You can go to the uh, 10 categories that we know are the most popular historically for Christmas shopping. And we have it divided electronics, computers, homewares, clothing, sporting goods, and then specific electronics like TVs, cell phones, and then health and beauty, games, which are really in this year, and tools. And so you can go to that, click on one, and you'll see what we know about is available at each retailer with special deals on those items. Or you can go to the day-by-day rundowns we have on the intensely most popular categories televisions and computers so be prepared with a backup for an item you really want one of my brothers got really upset with me because of a tv deal we had posted that happened on the 7th of november at 7 p.m and he was sitting at his computer at 7 p.m And he clicked to buy it, and it had already sold out. And it really reminded me that with the Christmas sales on things that are ultra cheap, 
you've always got to have your backup plan. If you don't get the one you wanted, then you've got another that maybe is your consolation prize that you're going to be happy with the pricing of at that retailer or at another. I didn't give my brother the money for the difference in what he ended up having to pay because I don't own the store. I can't guarantee inventory. It's time for your questions you posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And I think it's your turn, Kim. You are correct. All right. This is from Linda in New Hampshire. And Linda says, my stimulus payment was based on our 2018 tax return as we had not yet filed for 2019. We would have received a higher payment based on our 2019 income. I had heard, I believe maybe from you, that eventually we would get the rest of the amount of money owed to us. Is that correct? And if so, is there anything proactive that we need to do to get that difference? So this is confusing when you're paid uh, stimulus on the 18 return. So the way it's, uh, it's reconciled is when you file your 2020 return, Next year, the income you had in 2020 will lead to the ability to have an adjustment of the stimulus payment you received based on your 2018. So that's going to be key to you getting more money. And it's actually the opposite of a question we had recently about the stimulus money. But in your case, if because of the pandemic, your income has been suppressed in 2020, it will ultimately allow you through either doing your own tax software or through having a tax professional prepare your return, get you additional money. Joel? Clark Ben in California says, we all know how much you love to travel and we feel your frustration at being grounded during the pandemic by your loving family and your own better judgment. But he says- Oh, we- actually, it's my loving family. I have no judgment. <laughs> He says, we also know how much you love Costco. So the big question is, are you at all tempted by Costco's new offer of a year of private jet membership for $17,499? By the way, thanks to you and your team for all your efforts. Thank you very much for that. And it's funny because uh, Krista, who runs our websites, immediately when that popped up on Costco.com, was frantically texting me that I had to sign up for this and buy the private jet card thing. So the deal is, is if you dig into it, what you're paying per hour for a private jet is a lot. The Costco thing makes the net cost of the membership 10 grand, but you're still paying for a flight even on their lowest level plane, which is a uh, turboprop and not a jet, you're still paying uh, close to $5,000 an air hour. Now, that is some very precious money. And outside of my budget and uh, my desire to spend. So know that the membership really only gets you the right to then pay the various hourly rates for a flight. Although they do offer specials from time to time when they have a flight doing what's known as empty backhaul that is having to return somewhere else empty, you can get that at what would be a real deal, but that's not something that you can count on. So it's a little too rich for my blood. Kim? 
Jenny in Kansas wants to know which homeowner's insurance company has the best coverage and can you give me any advice on how to shop for homeowner's insurance? I love your question because the the coverages you buy can be pretty much identical regardless of what company you get quotes from. So you're picking the deductible level. Make sure you never pick a deductible higher than if you have a mortgage on your home. Your mortgage company will allow you to have. You choose the liability limits you have. You choose how much you typically will insure your home for to make sure if it had a catastrophic loss, you can rebuild it. From that point, it really is where you try to compare identical coverages from company to company. When I talk about best companies, I'm generally talking about those that do the best job when the chips are down, when you have a claim, and don't treat you in an adversarial way when you do have a claim. And over the years, in the surveys done by uh, J.D. Power and the surveys done by Consumer Reports, that two companies consistently come up one and two. The only thing that seems to change is who's first and who's second, and that's Amica Mutual, A-M-I-C-A Mutual, and the other only for military personnel and their families, USAA. Other insurers vary a lot in quality, and when I say quality, I mean when you have a loss, do they treat you as the enemy or do they treat you as their friend? And that's when it really matters. Joel? Clark Wanda in Georgia says, what's the best account for a young adult who's living at home with a full-time job while taking a full college load to open for the purpose of having a good down payment on a home in the future? Wow. So while you're working and all that, you want to have money building up. So if you're going to buy the home, let's say in the next five years, you're really only a saver. And so you just open an online savings account with one of the online banks. They're paying somewhere around... Uh, 0.70, so not very much money in interest. If you're looking at buying a home much more down the road, though, then you could look at investing in a moderate-risk fund with one of the low-cost companies that I talk about, generally what's known as a balance fund, where it could be for a time window, particularly of 7 to 10 years, as a way to have the money grow some before you would use it to buy a home. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kathleen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Kathleen, you have been teaching for a long, long, long time. 
Indeed, I have. I'm in my 33rd year, and I'll probably retire with 40 years. Wow. By the time I'm finished, yeah. <laughs> what age do you teach? What grades? Um, I'm currently, I'm actually a digital learning coach, which means I support teachers with using technology in their classroom, so kind of busy. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, you're yeah. the most popular person there is right now in your school in- district. Indeed, indeed. Well, how can I help you as you move towards the latter part of this ultra-long teaching career? Yes. So I have um, a 403B, which I know you're not a big fan of those. But I've been contributing to it for almost 25 years. So um, I also contribute to a Roth. And I'm just wondering if I should stop contributing to the 403B and put it all in the Roth or, like, reduce what's going into the 403 and put more in the Roth. Um now, the 403 actually has a rider that gives me a guaranteed monthly income, and I looked it up this morning, and the fee for that is only 0.95, so that doesn't seem too bad. Actually, 0.95 is pretty high. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So with a Roth IRA, if you're doing one at a low-cost company, your fees mm-hmm. could be as low as zero or as little as uh, 0.003. Oh, uh, Okay. Point, I'm sorry, point zero three, like almost nothing. Um, the problem with the 403Bs is they do have high expenses, but you already have all that money in there. And are you thinking in seven years you're going to convert that into like kind of like your own personal additional pension that will pay you a set amount each month for as long as you live? Or what are you thinking of doing with what you put in the 403B all these years? Well, I hadn't thought about it. I mean, I think when I initially set it up to have that rider, it would give me a guaranteed income. And it's about right now about 1900 a month for life. So I think that seems pretty reasonable because my pension will give me probably about 90% of my current salary. So I'm not even sure I want to draw on the 403 until the very latest, which I think is 72. So... That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So what I would do, you've been contributing to this for a long time. They unfortunately have very high expenses. I would concentrate on throwing money into your Roth IRA. And because of how many years you've taught, unless you were a child prodigy and finished college at like 14, (laughs) you're older than 50. Yes. In which case you can do 7,000 a year into the Roth uh, IRA. And that's where I'd put my effort. Instead okay. of putting any more money into the 403B, I would, with a low-cost company, and I've got my favorites on my investment guide at Clark.com, I would put the uh, everything you're planning to contribute right now. How much do you put in the 403B a year right now? Uh, almost uh, 4300 Oh, so you can just take that and instead put it in your Roth IRA. Okay. And then you're going to pay much lower expenses. And then the Roth offers you incredible flexibility in that the money is after-tax money instead of before tax. It grows tax-free. You'll spend it tax-free. But if you never need the money in retirement, it's Mm -hmm. a great inheritable asset for a loved one or family member to inherit. So I would, uh, at this point, let the momentum of what you've already put in the 403B be there and give you that nice additional money later on in retirement and let the Roth be your ace in the hole at very low cost and let it grow 
tax-free. And if you ever do need it, remember, it's tax-free spending. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.